listening to Matt Loves Cameras. In 1978, Pentax surprised the photography world by introducing a brand new SLR for 110 cartridge film, the Pentax Auto 110. By that time, 110 film sales were on the decline, yet Pentax poured millions and millions of dollars into this new camera system. It holds some unique titles. Not only is the Pentax Auto 110 the smallest SLR ever produced, it's also the smallest interchangeable lens camera ever produced. So is it the ultimate pocket camera, or does it belong back in 1978 with John Travolta's white disco suit? Keep listening and find out. I'm Matt Murray, and this is Matt Loves Cameras. Analog photography related. G'day, how are you doing? I'm Matt Murray, I'm a photographer and camera enthusiast from sunny Brisbane in Australia. This podcast will feature reviews of film cameras, instant cameras, and everything analog photography related. In many episodes, such as today's, I will focus on a specific camera, talking about its history, features, what it's like to use, and what kind of photos you can expect from it. You can see the images I took for each episode, along with the show notes, on the website, mattlovescameras.com, and I'll feature some of them on the show's Instagram account, at Matt Loves Cameras. Towards the end of the show, just for a bit of fun, I'll rate the camera according to four different criteria, which will add up to a mark out of 100. So let's get cracking with the first episode. Before we start talking about the camera itself, I thought it would be useful to look at the film format. So as its name suggests, the Pentax Auto 110 uses 110 cartridge film, which was invented by Kodak and launched in 1972. 110 was a miniature version of their 126 cartridge film that was introduced in the early 1960s. The film is fully housed in a plastic cartridge which has a continuous backing paper and the frame number is visible through a window at the rear of the cartridge. The main benefit of cartridge film was that it made it easier for people who weren't that camera savvy to load and unload their film. You simply insert the cartridge into the back of the camera, close it up and start shooting. If you did open the camera up halfway during a roll, which is probably something we've all done, it didn't matter as much as the film was largely protected inside the cartridge. And finally, there was no rewinding once you got to the end of the roll. You just take it out and send it off for processing. It wasn't just Kodak who produced 110 film cameras. Other companies that launched them included Canon, Voigtlander, Minox, Rolly, Minolta, and of course Pentax. Despite these advantages and the big names investing in the format, by the late 1970s, 110 film sales were on the decline. There were two main reasons for that. Firstly, although there were some high-end 110 film cameras produced, the vast majority of cameras produced for the format were cheaply made and had average quality lenses. They gave the photographer very little control over exposure and other features. 
Secondly, the size of the film meant that prints made from 110 negatives were quite disappointing for consumers in comparison with other formats. Just a reminder, 110 film is tiny, measuring just 13mm by 17mm, which is about the same size as today's micro four-third sensor. A wide range of film for 110 cameras was produced, including Kodachrome 64 slide film until 1982. Kodak stopped making 110 film in 1994, with Fujifilm stopping production in 2009. In 2012, Lomography introduced its Color Tiger film, along with other variants such as Black and White, X-Pro and Red Scale 110 film. Now to the history of the Pentax Auto 110. Introduced in 1978, it was something of a surprise as by this time 110 film sales were on the decline. And here was Pentax introducing not only a 110 SLR, but a whole system. The official name of this system is the Pentax System 10, and it's the only complete SLR system made for 110 film. It wasn't the first SLR that took 110 film. That title belongs to the 1976 Minolta 110 Zoom SLR. The Minolta, however, had a fixed lens, so you couldn't take it off and put a different lens on. The Pentax Auto 110 was launched with three interchangeable lenses, the 18mm, the 24mm and the 50mm, with three further lenses introduced in 1981, a 70mm lens, a 20-40 zoom and a fixed focus 18p lens. There was a wide range of accessories available in the Pentax System 10, including flashes, motor drives and lots of filters and close-up attachments. If you are interested in getting one of these cool little cameras. Uh, there's lots of them for sale on eBay and they come in all sorts of beautiful boxes and presentation cases. So probably the most common is a beautiful red boxed set, Pentax set, with all the uh, accessories and filters fitting in. But I've also seen them sold in a lovely brown 70s Pentax bag and even a beautiful silver kind of case with Pentax stamped on the front. All of the Pentax Auto 110 camera bodies and lenses are black, but however there were a couple of special editions of the cameras released. The first one was a see-through or skeleton version of the camera that was only meant for dealers. So this camera was completely see-through, so you could see that it was a completely working, functioning camera. And they were sent to camera dealers, so people could sort of see them in the shop and, and see that how fantastic this little camera was. There's also a Safari version of the camera, which is brown and tan color, which is very, very 70s. In 1982, Pentax launched the Pentax Auto Super, which had a number of improvements over its predecessor, but not as many of these were produced, so they're far less common. So how did I come to getting a Pentax Auto 110 in my possession? Well, late last year, this is late 2017, I was looking through the vintage photography category of eBay here in Australia and I saw a Minolta 110 Auto Zoom up for sale. Uh, so what I did was I kind of Googled it up to see what I could find out about it. And the first page that came up was the Lomography website. And the opening sentence said, when people think of a 110 SLR, they think of the Pentax Auto. So clearly my knowledge about 110 cameras wasn't very good as I hadn't heard of the Pentax Auto 110. But I started watching them on eBay and not many were coming up in Australia at that time. 
In January 2018, my wife made a trip back to the UK to visit her family, so I looked on ebay.co.uk and I saw one for sale with an 18mm lens. I won it and paid £18 including postage to my mother-in-law's address in Shropshire where my wife was staying. And then one evening here in Australia, it was morning in the UK, she unwrapped it on FaceTime for me to have a look at. And the first thing she said when she saw it was, oh my goodness, it's tiny. And I said, oh, come on, it can't be that small. And then she showed it to me in the palm of her hand and I could not believe how small this camera was. I'd only ever seen photos of the Pentax Auto 110 uh, on eBay without any context of size. And I didn't realize how small it was. A couple of weeks later, she arrived back in Australia and uh, when she arrived back, she opened up her suitcase and she had all these um, English sweets, lollies and treats for the kids. And I sat by very patiently for about an hour, sort of, you know, waiting for this camera to come out, hoping she hadn't forgot it. And finally, she said to me, oh, here's this camera that you ordered. And it was a bit like Christmas for me. I couldn't couldn't wait to uh, get stuck into it. So I bought some film, um, I bought some Lomography film, and I also bought some expired film off eBay, and I got to work um, playing around and taking photos with the camera. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. The Pentax Auto 110 was a pretty sophisticated little camera for 1978. Pentax packed a lot of technology in such a small camera. And that's the first thing that strikes you about it, how small it is. In the palm of my hand, I can fit the camera along with a couple of spare lenses and a cartridge of film. With the 23mm lens on, it weighs just 172 grams. The camera is powered by two button batteries, so when you open up the back of the camera, there's a little tray by the door hinge, and you pull the tray out, and that's where two LR44 button batteries go in. And you'll know the batteries are working if you see the LED lights in the viewfinder. I'll talk about that more in a minute. Loading the film is super easy, which of course was one of the intentions of Kodak when they developed 110 film. You open up the back of the camera, drop the cartridge in and close it up. The cartridge can only go in one way, so it's pretty foolproof even for people like me. To get the film ready to take your first shot, you need to wind the film advance lever seven or eight times. It's got this great sound to it. Until you see the number one appear in the back window of the camera, then you're good to go. The viewfinder of the Pentax Auto 110 is bright and clear. And the way that you achieve focus is by twisting the lens barrel back and forth. That's right, this is a manual focus camera. So you twist the lens barrel back and forth until your subject is in focus. And if you really want super pinpoint sharp focusing, there's actually right in the middle of the viewfinder, there's a little circle with like a split image. And to make sure you've got perfect focus, you line the two parts of that image until they're perfectly aligned, which is really easy. So when you're happy that your subject is in focus, you half press the shutter button, which is a nice silver button on top of the camera, and one of two LED lights will appear. If it's a little bit dark, uh, an orange LED lights up, which signals to you that the camera is going to use a shutter speed of 1 30th of a second or below. So you should consider being still like a statue or using a tripod or using a flash. 
If a green one lights up in the viewfinder, that means it's above one thirtieth of a second. So you still have to be a little bit careful. It could be choosing a shutter speed of one sixtieth or who knows. Uh, so yeah, always try and be nice and still when you're taking a photo and if it's not really, really bright conditions. Now, if you have batteries in the camera that are dead or you don't have any batteries in there at all, you won't see these LED lights but the camera will still let you wind the film on. It would still let you press the shutter button and it still sounds okay, but you'll get no pictures. This is something I found out the hard way, dear listeners. The third roll of 110 film I took using this camera only came out with about seven out of 24 images. Uh, one day I was snapping along in the park and taking lots of photos and I didn't notice that I didn't see one of the LED lights until about frame 18 or 19. And I thought, well, that's a bit strange. The camera was still feeling like it was working, still winding on, still shutter button was still pressing okay, but no exposures were recorded on film. So that was a bit disappointing and that was something for me to learn going forward. So I've explained how to wind the film on and focus. What about choosing a shutter speed and aperture? Well, the Pentax Auto 110 features automatic exposure control based on TTL center-weighted average metering. Basically, that means that the camera chooses both the shutter speed and aperture based on the available light it detects through the lens. The shutter speeds vary from 1 second to 1 750th of a second. And the only indication of this shutter speed that the camera will use is seeing that green or orange LED light in the viewfinder. The speed or ISO of the film is detected automatically by the camera. Typically there are two speeds for 110 film, high and low. Not all 110 cameras can uh, detect different speeds of film, but this one can. The two speeds that Pentax chose for its low and high were ISO 80 and ISO 320, which were near enough to many of the available films rated at 100 and 400 at the time. Now, as I said earlier, along with shutter speed, aperture is also controlled automatically. There is no aperture ring on the lenses themselves, nor are there any aperture blades in the lenses. This is part of the reason why the lenses are so light. Instead, the camera has an aperture diaphragm in the camera itself, located just behind the lens mount. For each shot, the camera automatically chooses an aperture between f2.8 and f13.5. After you take your first shot, you won't be able to take another shot until you wind the film advance lever not once, but twice, which is a really quirky, fun little thing about this camera that I absolutely love. That was actually taken away when the Pentax Auto Super was released. Um, they changed it to a single advanced stroke, which I think is not as fun as the original. And here is the amazing sound that the advanced lever and the shutter makes. Of course, when you do finish off your film, there's no rewinding. You simply take it out and send it off for processing. Check out the show notes at mattlovescameras.com. If you're on Instagram, come say hi at mattlovescameras. Or if you fancy getting in touch, drop us a line at mattlovescameras at gmail.com. 
Using this camera is a ton of fun. You can take it with you anywhere. And that's one of the key advantages of this camera. It's so small. It fits in your hand, fits in your pocket, fits in your work bag or your handbag. I absolutely love it. I often take it with me when I'm taking photos with digital cameras or other cameras because it's so small, it takes up hardly any room and it's there just in case I want to take a photo. And certainly if you look at the original advertising for the Pentax Auto 110, they really were um, promoting the advantages of this tiny camera and very much along the philosophy of, you know, the best camera you have is the one that's with you. They were talking about how, you know, you don't have to take along your bulky 35mm camera. This is the camera you can take everywhere. The 18mm and the 24mm lens are both lovely lenses to use, uh, very similar focal length and great for landscapes and sort of architecture and stuff like that. The 50 obviously is a bit better for portraits, but it's heavier and you've just got to be careful with the 50, much more so than the 18 or the 24, uh, about camera shake and making sure that you're getting a nice sharp exposure. I also later bought the 70mm lens uh, off eBay and it's really quite heavy. In fact, I think it weighs more than the camera body. And when you put the 70mm lens on the camera, it certainly introduces um, a lot of possibility for camera shake. So I suggest if you do get your hands on the 70mm lens, you probably want to use it on a tripod, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, there is a tripod socket on the bottom of the camera and also on the top of the camera there is a socket for putting a flash in if you're using low, uh, low shutter speeds as designated by the orange LED. Uh, I do have a flash for the Pentax Auto 110, but I only got it quite recently, so I haven't actually taken any exposures with a flash, uh, but that's something I'm looking forward to doing in the future. Because it's so small, it doesn't really draw a lot of attention that when people do see it up close, they'll often ask you about it. And many people have never heard of 110 film or they're surprised that 110 film is still available and can still be processed. For the images for this show, I use two types of film. I use Lomography Color Tiger Film, rated at ISO 200 that I bought online, as well as some expired Fujifilm uh, 110 film that I got off eBay. So I saw a auction for six cartridges of, uh, what is it called here? Fujicolor Super HG film, expired in 1994. This was being sold by a guy in the UK. He very nicely wrapped it up in a lot of aluminium foil when he posted it to me in Australia. Um, I'm guessing that he thought that would shield it from harmful x-rays, which could ruin the film. Although it's only ISO 100 film, so I think that would be unlikely to happen. The expired film actually held up pretty well. It is a little bit washed out and a little bit murky, but it's something that you can play around with in Photoshop or Lightroom and just bring back a little bit of punch to the images. I found it quite easy to get my film developed. I live in Brisbane, which is Australia's third largest city, and I've had 110 film developed at two labs, Photofast Turinga and also Camera House in Drupilli. I scanned my own 110 film on my Epson V550 scanner, which was a little bit tricky. At first, I used the Lomography Digitalizer Scanning Mask, which was kind of fun to use. But then I actually wanted to include the edges of the film that had the film name on. And in the case of the Lomography film, it had the little cute tiger paw print. So I then put the negatives in the medium format um, scanning mask that came with the scanner. And I got pretty good results. When I say that I scanned the 110 film in the medium format mask, what I mean is that the 110 film was in one continuous strip and I sort of threaded it through the medium format mask. 
Um, obviously, it's a lot smaller than medium format film. So let me talk you through some of the images that I captured with the Pentax Auto 110. The first one I want to talk about is a photo of my wife Sarah in a field. This was taken towards the end of winter here in Brisbane. So we're talking late August, early September. Still a little bit chilly um, in the early afternoon. So she's wearing a jacket here. I dragged her to a, well, I didn't drag her. I, I asked her to accompany me to a field uh, near our house and I stood her in the long grass. So there's long grass all around her and there's some beautiful big gum trees in the background with sort of the afternoon sun illuminating them. Uh, a little bit out of focus in the background, but she's in the foreground in pretty good focus. She was very still for me. I used the 50mm lens for this, which was perfect for a portrait. And she looks great. I think the colors are pretty good. I used Lomography Tiger Film. She's kind of smiling, so I titled this photo The Mona Sarah. She never smiles. She wasn't very happy with this at first. She thought that I was calling her a Mona. Listeners, I would never call my wife a Mona. She is very tolerant of me coming home with strange cameras and bags of film at all times of the day or night. So well done to her for that. And of course, she is English, my wife. And it's not as if the English have a reputation for moaning anyway, right? This next photo is of my faithful companion, Marshall Dalmatian. Marshall is, uh, had his head cut off in this photo. And when I first got the photo back and I scanned it, I thought, what have I done? I can't believe that I took a photo this bad. But then, dear listeners, uh, there's a few clues um, to what really happened if you look at the image closely. So under the frame, there is the usual sort of sprocket hole for 110 film and there's the, the frame number and an arrow. If you look at them, you can quite clearly see Marshall's black and white fur in that area under the frame. So what's happened is uh, maybe because it was expired film, but the film hasn't transported correctly through the camera and part of the exposure has not come out on the frame itself, it's actually come out under the frame. So it wasn't actually my bad composition in this particular instance. It was just one of those uh, things that happened uh, with the camera. The next image is of a historic building in Brisbane City. The name of the building is Smelly & Co. No, I'm not making this up. You can check the image uh, to see for yourself. It was built in 1895, which for us is quite an old historic building. For listeners in other parts of the world, that would be quite a modern building. There was a differing exposure here for this image. There's a tree on the right in the foreground in the shade. There's a tree on the left in full sun. The building's in full sun. There's a bright blue sky in the background. But I think the Pentax Auto 110 handled the exposure really well here. I think it's done pretty well. I like the colors and it's nice and sharp. And I took that with the 50mm lens again. The next image is of my boy in the back garden. Now you may notice when you look at the image on the left and right of the image, you'll see my wild garden. The grass was very long when I took this. Obviously I've been spending too much time taking photos and, and looking at cameras and not enough time maintaining my garden. But the boy is there in the back garden. Uh, my daughter has sort of given him a makeover. So she spiked his hair into a crazy spike, sort of dinosaur spike on his head. 
He's wearing some sunglasses, which are not his. He's got some kind of necklace around his neck, which again is not his. And he's eating an Australian delicacy, the chocolate crackle. Even though the film is expired film, I really like the, the colors. It's got a really good sort of vintage feel to it. And it's nice and sharp. I took this one with the 23mm lens. The next one again was taken with the 23mm lens. This time it was taken on the Lomography Tiger film. It was taken in the park. Uh, my daughter was doing some sit-ups on the park bench. So she was sitting the wrong way around on the park bench with her legs over the top. And she was doing sit-ups. And when she was in the up phase of the sit-up, I said to her, freeze. And I took her portrait. And I think it's nice and sharp and it looks good. The next image is of some trees in Brisbane City. If, if you know Brisbane, this is around the Eagle Street, Creek Street area, I think. And there's like a little island um, where you sort of, an oasis amongst all the skyscrapers, where you look up and there's these beautiful trees. Um, I'm not sure if they're Morton Bay fig trees. I'll have to do some research and get back to you on that one. But when you look up through this canopy, there's these beautiful green leaves that obviously sunlit in the background because we live in Brisbane, we have so much sun. And you can also make out the blue sky in the background. I really like this image. I like how the Pentax has handled the exposure again and I like the colors. Again, on a nature theme, this one is in my back garden. I have no idea what these flowers are called, but they bloom quite often and they make our garden look very pretty. I use the 50mm lens for this one. I love the colors, the greens and the pinks there. And there's a nice sort of fall off from the focus into the background as well. So it looks really nice. This time we have up close and personal with Marshall Dalmatian. This is a close up of his spots. Of course, if you listen to the uh, Sunny 16 backing paper uh, podcast, you'll know that I sent a couple of images of Marshall spots into them, uh, which probably two of the worst photos I've ever taken in my entire life. But still, I wanted to enter the Cheap Shots Challenge, so I sent them in. This one is probably a better <laughs> composition. It's a lot sharper, that's for sure. And it's showing Marshall spots. Not all Dalmatian spots are perfect and round like those Dalmatians in the Disney stories. The next shot is of my boy. He's at the seaside. The tide is out. So in the background, there's a whole load of mud and rocks and stuff like that. This was taken down at Victoria Point in, the, in Brisbane. Well, in the Redlands. Uh, and in the background there is actually a little island to the top right. You can see some trees in the top right of the frame or the middle top right of the frame. That's actually an island called Kuchimadlo Island, an island which we love going to. Uh, my boy is wearing a white shirt with a Polaroid looking camera on. Uh, it looks like a rainbow stripe SX-70, though I'm sure the, I don't think the design is quite spot on. I really like the colors in this frame. Uh, it was taken with Lomography Tiger Color Film. They're a little bit washed out and a bit faded, but I, I do really like um, the camera and how it's handled the, the, the scene there. It was quite bright. And this is really a great camera for just taking everywhere with you and taking little snapshots. And after I took this photo of my boy, he actually took a couple with me. The next image is taken in the park and me and my boy were playing frisbee. And just as he threw the frisbee, I took an image. Uh, the, I got the green light in the viewfinder of the Pentax Auto 110. Having said that, I don't think the boy is completely sharp, so it mustn't have been using that high a shutter speed, but I still really like the image, and this is the kind of great use of the Pentax Auto 110. Have it in your pocket, take a few photos when you're mucking around with the family, and just have fun with it. This next shot is of a building reflection. So I used to work in the building um, 
I was going to say it was an L-shaped building, but I don't think it actually was. But there was certainly part of the building that was L-shaped. And when you looked out the window, you saw a building across the road. And when you look at the image, it's actually the part of the image on the left with some white and black stripes. And then that building was actually reflected in the building that I was in, which is the right half of the image. So I kind of really like this image. It just shows some building reflections there in Newstead. It was taken on the expired film, so the colours are a bit washed out, but I did bring back a bit of punch in uh, Lightroom and Photoshop. The next image is of my two children on a trampoline. So one afternoon they were in the back garden. They were playing with something in a pot, like I think it was sand or something. And they were sitting on the trampoline and just running the sand through their fingers, mucking around with it. No doubt for dad to clean up later on. And they were moving quite fast, being silly, and they were kind of jiggling up and down on the trampoline. But I took this photo with the Pentax Auto 110 and the 18mm lens. And I really love it. It's just an example of what the 110 cameras were made for. Those fun little family snapshots. It's not the sharpest photo in the world, but I really like the colours. And my daughter's got a lovely smile there on her face, which I absolutely love. So just a reminder, if you'd like to see the images that I'm talking about, you can see them all on the show's website, mattlovescameras.com. And I'll put a few of them up on the Instagram as well, at mattlovescameras. Listening to Matt Loves Cameras. So if you haven't made your mind up yet about the Pentax Auto 110, let me convince you with these top 10 reasons why you should buy this camera. Number one, having a camera this small is the closest you'll ever get to feeling like James Bond. Number two, you want to impress your friends by not only shooting film, but by shooting a relatively obscure film. Number three, you're a wedding photographer and you want to prank your clients by turning up with the Pentax Auto 110 around your neck on the big day instead of your huge DSLR. Number four, you're good at manual focusing, but you have a hard time deciding on a shutter speed and aperture. This is the perfect camera for you. Number five, you enjoy torturing yourself with the task of trying to scan tiny negatives to get a usable image. Number six, you're a camera collector and you like collecting a whole system of accessories and cameras and lenses. Number seven, you want a system that you can fit in the palm of your hand. Number eight, it's relatively cheap to get into. Number nine, you're on the hunt for the ultimate pocketable camera and this is certainly a contender. And number 10, this is a super fun camera to use and take images with, I love it. So, is the Pentax Auto 110 the best pocket camera ever? No, I don't think so. It's a very good, fun little camera for the 110 format and I've loved using it. But the very thing that makes it so incredibly small and light is also its downfall. Images from the camera are not as high quality as other formats. So how did the Pentax Auto 110 shape up against my completely made up and arbitrary ratings? It did pretty well. The first rating is for usability and performance. This is how easy each camera is to use and how it handles while taking photos. Well, the camera fits nicely in your hand. It's light. It has a lovely bright viewfinder. It's easy to load film, easy to focus all around. It's got a pretty good rating for usability, I think. So I gave it 19 out of 25. The second rating is for features. What range of features does this camera have and how well do they work? Well, although it's pretty sophisticated, 
The Pentax Auto 110 doesn't really have that many features as it does a lot of the hard work for you. Generally, the automatic exposure control is excellent and I've given it a couple of extra marks because the system comes with a wide range of lenses, flashes, motor winders, filters and close-up attachments. So I'm giving it 17 out of 25. The third rating is for images. This rating is for how happy I am with the images produced by the camera. It's not just a rating based on the quality alone, but how much I like them. I've given it 16 out of 25. No, they're not the sharpest film images I've ever shot and then not the most grain-free sort of images I've ever shot, but I do love seeing images of my family and places I've been to on this tiny color film. The last rating is for fun. Possibly the most important reason I love to take photos and to buy cameras. How fun is this camera to use? I've given it 22 out of 25. It's a super fun camera to use and play around with. Adding those ratings up gives the Pentax Auto 110 a very respectable 74 out of 100. So some shout outs for this episode for the Pentax Auto 110. Uh, the website pentax110.co.uk is a great resource for those interested in this camera. There's some great advertising on the site. There's manuals. There's all information about the lenses, the camera body and the accessories. Um, so the person who's created that site has done a real fantastic job. There's also a couple other links I'll put in the show notes. One is um, a 110 film rundown by The Darkroom, which I believe is a, an American photo lab. And also there's a website called CameraQuest, which has got a great little article about the Pentax 110 as well. So have a look at the show notes at mattlovescameras.com uh, for those links. On Instagram, it's really good if you want to follow the 110 film hashtag. Uh, there's some really great 110 uh, film images come through on that one. So that's one of the hashtags that I follow. So what else have I been up to this week? Well, I managed to get my hands on a Lomo Instant for $20. I saw an ad on Facebook Marketplace for a lady selling a Lomo Instant camera, which takes uh, Instax mini film. She had it up for $20 because she wasn't sure it was working. So I took along some batteries and I took along some Instax mini film and we drove about 45 minutes away from where we live. Um, I kind of wrapped it up in a day out for the family because it was on the way to a, a beautiful spot called Mount Tambourine. So we headed off in the car to Mount Tambourine and on the way we did a pickup for a camera. So when I got there, um, her husband was home and I put the batteries in the camera and lo and behold, it um, cranked up and spat out some beautiful little Instax mini photos. So I now have a Lomo Instant, which is great. Looking forward to using that. I also have a Diana camera, which has an Instax mini back. So that might be a really good, um, really good battle to have a Diana mini back versus the Lomo Instant. This year I've also joined the Emulsive Secret Santa for the first time. Uh, that's a worldwide secret Santa event where you get given a person to buy a camera, uh, buy a camera for, buy a, buy a present for, uh, who knows, maybe if you're very generous, you can buy them a camera. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, you're paired up with someone somewhere around the world and you send them an analog photography gift. So I've joined that this year. I put a profile photo on as they suggested, and I did a little wish list of things that I like. Um, so I'm really looking forward to being paired with someone out there. Um, you don't actually know who you have buying for you, I think, 
but you obviously know who you're buying for. So uh, I'm looking forward to finding out more about that person and uh, getting them some fun little analog photography gifts, as well as some gifts uh, from here in Australia. Speaking of Christmas, uh, I'm very hard to buy for because uh, I'm a photography nerd. So I have started to think of a few little gifts I might buy myself over the Christmas break. Uh, so I've been looking at some websites, looking at some cute, cool little things that I might like. Uh, and so I might do a Christmas gift guide closer to the time. So that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You can see images I took with the Pentax Auto 110 along with the show notes for this episode at mattlovescameras.com. If you do have any feedback about the show or if you have any tips or information about the Pentax Auto 110 or if I got something wrong and you'd like to let me know, I would love to hear from you. You can email mattlovescameras at gmail.com and also come say hi on Instagram at mattlovescameras. On episode two of the show, I review Fujifilm's first fully analog instant camera using square film, the Instax SQ6. And if you're still hanging around by episode three, I have some 35mm goodness for you, the Olympus LT1. See you next time. Cheerio. Take the show notes for the link.